I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Let's take a gander at the top 25 in college football. We got some movers. We got some shakers. Uh, Georgia, though, uh, still chilling at number one. Florida, Kansas dropping out. Kentucky, after that win over Florida, jumping in. And Louisville now undefeated. I believe it's the third straight week, guys, that Notre Dame will be playing in a primetime game against an undefeated team. But a lot of critics calling this a down year for the SEC, but not if you ask Kirby Smart. I think every SEC team should be ranked. I guarantee you there's some teams that don't want to play them that are ranked. I mean, I don't, I don't, I literally have no idea what you're referencing because every team we play in the SEC is good enough to beat us. And whether they're ranked or not, I could care less. I'm trying to be more physical than them and outscore them. And it's the only thing I'm concerned with, not their ranking. Okay, it's interesting coming from uh, Kirby Smart there, too, because I don't know about you, Gojo. Like, I'm still waiting for that all-out kind of blowout that reminds me and other voters out there, not that I'm a voter, that Georgia is still the team to beat, right? Yeah, or to, to his point, because, Dad, looking at this from Kirby Smart... Emerson's absolutely right. This team has failed to match the dominance of the prior two years that we've seen from Georgia. Although you could argue at the beginning of last year, there was a lot of playing with their food coming off of one of the best championship defenses we've ever seen. All the things that that 2021 Georgia team was. But when you look at them relative to their counterpart, because I think Georgia and Michigan came into the season in very similar positions. While Michigan returned more of their production from the the, uh, year before and their quarterback in J.J. McCarthy, 
Both of these were teams that had high floors, were teams we expected to make the playoffs, especially because of their schedules. Michigan's looked like the more dominant team so far, at the very least more consistent. I liken them to what the 49ers have done in the NFL through the early portion of the season. They look the part, and so we feel like we can trust that, even though they still really haven't played anybody. No. No disrespect to Nebraska or what they are right now. But, Dad, this from Kirby Smart in the midst of everything that's gone on with their season so far where you played a way too close game for people's comfort against South Carolina, you had to come back against Auburn this past weekend, and now you're getting to face hell in the cell that is Ray Davis, the Kentucky Wildcats, all everything running back, probably the best back in the SEC right now. He's gone out here and cemented his status as the new Nick Saban because this is classic Saban era Alabama politicking right there. When you've got to go in, when you've got a team that right now is still trying to find itself early in the season, has been banged up plenty in the backfield along the offensive line. He's gone out here and saying, What are you talking about? None of y'all still want a piece of the SEC. Let me go and pound the drum, chant the three letters, and get on here, Dad. So Kirby Smart, understanding you got to also play the game when you're now the final boss of college football as they are currently situated. Yeah, and they have a decent amount of teams in the rankings, but a lot of them more on the lower part of the 25 where uh, the Pac-12 is is really taking over more in the upper part. Um, And – I, I listen. I get it. I, I get he's going to say that. I completely understand that. You know, with the SEC year in and year out has been the conference uh, that has, has had the most depth. Uh, as we said, we may be looking at the Pac-12 for that this year in their lame duck year. Uh, so it doesn't shock me that they say that. And and yeah, they haven't had those blowout wins. And it does look like Michigan is more consistent, though. Bowling Green, East Carolina, UNLV. You know, to start it out, you know, the three games Harbaugh had to miss with his suspension. And then, you know, the lower part of the Big Ten is is not, you know, extremely competitive at this point. So it's outside of the, you know, whenever you talk about conference games, it's just where those teams are in the conference because the, the, the schedules are set. If you want to get on a team for a non-conference schedule, you can do that. But, you know, as far as the other ones, sometimes some teams in the Big Ten are better, sometimes they're worse. And you get Michigan's getting some of these teams in a down year. But they'll have their test against Penn State and Ohio State, as we said. I, I like this year for the fact that I wish this year was the first year we had the 12, right? Because oh, yeah. do we have a dominant team right now? Or what are the dominant teams that we don't think going on down the line where we like what Washington is doing and they're sitting at number seven, Oregon at eight? I mean, 11 is Alabama, 12 is an undefeated Oklahoma team. So I, I wish we had it this year. We don't. We won't get it till next year. But I do think there's a number of teams who could pull this thing off. Well, and I think, Dad, conversely, the conversation for the SEC this year, because of what you brought up there, the out-of-conference schedule, this is as vulnerable as they looked. The reason Kirby Smart has to go out here and say this is because right now they look like a one-team league. Georgia looks like their only hope because while you look in the conference, you've got still overall undefeated Kentucky, undefeated Georgia, undefeated Missouri. Everybody else has taken some sort of losses at this point. I mean, LSU's already got two, a team that was coming in after a trip to Atlanta in year one for Brian Kelly last year and has had a defense that's been hot and cold and chose the wrong day against the wrong Lane Kiffin-led team to go out there and do that the week after we saw Lane Kiffin and that offense bottled up by an Alabama team that seems like one of the lesser in the Saban era that's got an out-of-conference loss against Texas. You look at Florida. 
out of conference loss against Utah. You look at Texas A&M, out of conference loss against Miami. LSU, out of conference loss against Florida State. Like those early season games that sort of set the table mentally for conference perception that have so long been dominated by the SEC, we're used to watching Alabama boat race Texas in one of those uh, off-site games. Georgia dominating Oregon like they did the other year. And instead, we've got a conference where everyone's looking around and going, all right, well, you're not so scary this year. And so why are we going to believe as these teams get into conference play and start to beat up on each other that it should be anything other than Georgia going ahead here, Dad? Because I, I saw this the other day. I think it was a poll that Joel Klatt put up about teams already thinking about the potential for some playoff resume conversation amongst teams in college football, to your point about the expanded playoff. And they brought up a couple of scenarios in here that I'm trying to find furiously right now. And not necessarily. <laughs> that happened. All right, here it is. Joel Clapp put these up. These scenarios that we imagine in October rarely come to fruition. But if you picture a world where one of the following three has to be left out of the college football playoff, and he went with the following a one loss Pac 12 champion, a one loss Big 10 champion, or one loss non conference champion, Georgia. Dead, the easiest answer, I think, there is one loss non conference champion, Georgia. At that point, based on their schedule, certainly, which yeah. once they took Oklahoma out when they were getting ready to join the SEC, became really a nothing burger for a lion's share of the season. I think either of those other two options get in well before Georgia, unless they start cooking in a way that right now right. hasn't seemed like what this team has in the arsenal this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's what we're waiting to see. You know, it's 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 always what they say. If you're going to lose, lose early. Don't lose late. So we've had teams lose early out of conference so how can they come back in the conference so plenty of a ball to go i'm wondering what you think is is maybe the most surprising team of, of playing well you know i'm looking at a couple of teams like texas florida state you know texas had five losses last year and they're sitting undefeated now this year i think i would probably lean to them as one of the teams that hasn't been in the mix the last few years and now all of a sudden is right in the mix. I mean, Washington, they only had a couple of losses last year, I think. Um, they ended up in the final ranking, so did Florida State. Uh, but Texas, I think, was down at the bottom right at 25, but five losses. So they seem to be the one team that, that maybe is making the most noise of the teams that didn't in the last few years. I, I think Texas is probably in terms of year-to-year -year improvement, and we expected them to make a big jump based on the amount of talent that Sark has got in Austin. But they've definitely looked like, – I mean, that you could argue that Texas is the best team in college football right now. Like, Georgia's yep. going to be number one until further notice, until they go out there and really lose it. But Texas has one of the best wins of the young season. They went out and really baptized Kansas this last week. That's a Kansas team. Lance Leipold's got a really good squad. Jalen Daniels is a really good quarterback. We like and respect all the things about that Kansas program, but – Texas went out there and made a mockery of a spread that was already up near 21. I think it was 16 and a half going into that game. And Texas put that on them a week after also not messing up and not stubbing their toe against a Baylor team. That's a little bit of an enigma to start the season right now. So you can make the argument with them. But to your point, Dad, we expected them to be good. We expected Penn State to be good this year. Florida State, we expected to be good this year. It was them and Clemson talked about neck and neck in the ACC for what they were going to be this season. On and on down the list, you get probably down to 14 i would say washington state might be a little yeah. bit of a surprise for some people undefeated right now we've heard from coach dickert plenty 
about the defiance of that program. I got to say, the most interested I am in a football team going forward, and really the coverage of a football team going forward. I know where you're going. The Miami Hurricanes. Yeah. Yeah. Undefeated right now, ranked 17th in the country, have an out-of-conference win against Texas A&M, and nobody has seemed to care. Like, I understand I'm probably feeding into the Dan Levitard show propaganda. They're probably going to love this. Mike Ryan, Golden Kane, going to be lapping this up. That a Notre Dame guy is offering this up, but... I'm genuinely curious because they're going to get in two weeks, Dad. They'll start the stretch of their schedule where if we're going to talk about them, and we will, it's going to be because of what they do back-to-back weeks against North Carolina and Clemson. Right. But you look at this team, sturdier in the trenches. You go back and cut on that Texas A&M tape, good on good, in a system under you know in a system in that offense that's spread out, puts them on an island a bit on that offensive line, held up really well against a bunch of talented guys at Texas A&M. But as important as anything, Tyler Van Dyke, looking like the dude we saw in 21, especially in terms of downfield passing, that deep ball is back and it is effective. And this is one of the teams that kind of like we talk about with Texas, where it feels like there's always an appetite for them to be good. The you being back that, you know, four letter word that gets thrown around in college football all the time is something people kind of salivate at. And for a quarterback whose name we knew, who we loved in 2021, who talked his junk, who went out there and put it on had one of the better ends to a season we've seen from a college football quarterback in a while. I figured people would be chomping at the bit for their revival because college football is chock full of plenty of teams who haven't really played anybody. And Miami's schedule, especially outside of Texas A&M, lends itself to that. But I've been stunned at the lack of national attention the Canes have got. They've scored 38 points, 38 or more points in every game this season, senior. Uh, One one thing I'll say, though, is Texas A&M really a big win anymore? I mean, I, I mean, I they're know still a ranked SEC team with a ton of talent. Like they, they were, I they're, get not, that they're, they're not classically ranked disappointing. But yeah, yeah. again, even just in the perception of it, Dad, right? I, I guess the perception, yeah. But I, I think in practical application, they're not as as good as people think. They're outside the rankings right now. And, and like we say with most of these teams, you're going to find out, right? Because as you mentioned, back to back North Carolina and Clemson, and then later on back to back. It's uh, Florida State and Louisville. So, you know, they're, they're go- I guess we'll put it this way. They're going to have their chance to prove themselves uh, on the national level because it, it, we always we say every year, Texas is back. Texas is back. And they haven't been. Well, now it looks like they are for now. Miami is back. The U is back. College ball is so much better when the U is back and we haven't had it. But we'll have a chance for them to see that, you know, to see if they are if they are back this year. Best win this year. Would you say the best win was Texas at Alabama or Ohio State at Notre Dame? I would probably say right now. Ooh, Ohio State and Notre Dame. I was going to say Ohio State's probably got the best singular win yeah. of the season so far. I mean, Notre Bama's Dame not Bama, defense- dude. Bama's not Bama. They're not Bama, but I also think like we left Bama for dead. I'm not going to be shocked if that team all of a sudden starts to do something. I right. think they're going to lean a little bit more into their identity of what they can be as a rushing team with Jalen Milrow yep. at the helm. And defensively, again, you just saw Ole Miss score a thousand points. I think they scored 15 against that Alabama defense <laughs> a couple of weeks before something in that range. So I, I, I'm again, and this is Nick Saban's brainworms as someone who's got his boot marks tracked up my back after 2012. Maybe I'm always <laughs> going to be a little bit deferential yeah. to the king there, but I, I still think that is one of the best wins of the season right now. It's 1A and 1B in terms of what Texas did on the road. Again, yeah. right? Like you're going right. on the road at Alabama. I was there for that environment. College, I mean, it was very similar apples to apples comparisons for both teams. Right now, Notre Dame currently the higher ranking. And so you give the defer- you give the deference to them, but 
I, I would say both of those, Dad, probably up there for it, right? Florida State probably has two of the better ones overall because that Clemson team, while they don't have a number next to their name right, right now, talent-wise, especially defensively, there's still dudes on that team. That's still an impressive win in a lot of ways for me, even if Florida State kind of throwing up all over themselves against Boston College the week before maybe tempered some expectations for people. Yeah, I, I guess uh, the win, I, the reason I may lean to Ohio State is Texas, they're both on the road, going Ohio State going to Notre Dame, Texas going to Bama is Texas had the same quarterback. And a quarterback who, by the way, the year before was playing well against Alabama before he got hurt. Same guy coming in. Ohio State had a new quarterback, a guy who had not really been tested at this point, comes to the hostile environment of playing at Notre Dame and plays well enough for that team to win. I thought that was a big big boost mentally for Kyle McCord. So that's one of the reasons I I put that win – uh, up there, it is right with Texas. I mean, it, it's pick one. I mean, but those are probably the two biggest wins of the year, both coming on the road uh, in those games. So, I don't know. I, I think as as we normally say with all these teams, whenever we talk about it week to week, because we need to talk about something week to week, it all gets played out because you just start looking at the schedule and all these teams match up. We talk about every year the Pac-12 knocking each other out. Utah already feeling the sting. Uh, of that and it's going to happen in the ACC and it's and we'll see about the SEC what's going to go on there but that's that's what's going to normally happen is that they start to wear each other out the more top heavy one is the Big 10 where the three top teams are all on the same side which which is just brutal with Ohio State Michigan and Penn State but all do their little round robin of playing one another so we see where it lands and and listen Notre Dame also firmly in the round robin as far as teams in the top of college football that are going to have their chance to have it out on the field and dad this it's funny I've gotten asked a lot this week about how this stretch of Notre Dame games affects a team like this where You've got, as Emerson pointed out, three, and it's likely going to be four straight night games against an undefeated opponent when they face USC next week in South Bend. How that affects a team, the emotional toll of having to be on like that night game, college game day, back-to-back weeks that they had. Now you go on the road again to a place where Sam Hartman, the last time on Dragon Ball Z against Louisville, had one of his blow-up games of the last season, a ton of turnovers. I almost think it works in the opposite direction, Dad, where if this were another team and it was a you know 3.30 window and there wasn't a ranked team and they weren't undefeated, there's another potential for that look-ahead kind of game like you had Central Michigan before Ohio yeah. State where it's that trap game spot here. With Notre Dame, your senses are dialed up at a 10 yeah. right now all the time when you've got this many quality opponents in a row because you don't cut on the tape and see a team that's drastically inferior to you and you have that natural human response of, oh, maybe you exhale a little bit. It's another great coach in Jeff Brom who did a lot of stuff punched outside of his weight class at Purdue while he was there and now has this Louisville team believing very early, much in the same way that we just saw with Mike Elko last week. So, Dad, I don't know if you ever had a stretch like that where it was that many times. I mean, in the NFL, it's like that every week, and so maybe right, that's right, more right. speaks to to that consistent approach that you've got to take in this. I, I I never I didn't have it at Notre Dame. My best year I think was seven and four. Didn't have great years here. You always know you're going to get your opponent's best, but we were never one of the better teams outside of my freshman year. We got preseason number five. We won the number one team lost. We were number one and number two. We were number one 
in the country the second week of my true freshman year when we were like, wow, we are going to win national titles. And then <laughs> we promptly went to Michigan that next week and got our butts handed to us. And like I said, we never finished more than seven and, and four. You, As I said, you know you're going to get your best game from opponents, but we were never in the position of being high in the rankings where we had to do it time and time again. You know, these guys, and, and hell, you had that in 2012 when you guys went undefeated. You know, you had, what, seven night games, seven primetime games where you have to be on. And then the only way you can make it is by being voted in because you don't have a conference. So that's where Notre Dame is now to get into the final four. So they know they have to be on. They know they have to win these big games. And it's their form. So it is it is right there, as I'm sure Marcus Freeman is telling them. It's there for you guys. You guys got to go out and take it. But, man, time and time again, be up for Louisville, undefeated ranked team. Be up for USC, undefeated uh, ranked team. They play Arizona. I think they're going to win, so they'll be undefeated in rank when they play next week. And then play a team that's not ranked in Pitt, but Pitt always plays Notre Dame extremely tough. So, I mean, it's, yeah, this, you, this you got to be on your toes week in and week out. This year's pick could be a drastically different story That's there true. based on what's going on. Phil Kovic just got benched this week. Um, yeah. Christian Veyer finally. Been kind of ugly there. there. Yeah, I'm um, excited. Quite honestly, I know we'll talk more about it tomorrow. I'm excited for your game. You're going to, to Athens uh, to call Georgia, Kentucky. Kentucky mm. just putting on a show right now. And Georgia, not at its best, going to be a real interesting one. Yeah, man, if you haven't tuned in, and this last week, if you don't know his name after yeah. what went on against Florida, 280 yards later, get to know Ray Davis, NFL fans. He's going to be one you want to keep your eye on there. I have been watching a lot getting ready in the lead up for this game. I don't know if I have seen a linebacker or safety one-on-one -on -one in the hole with that man even be able to put hands on him. He's like trying to tackle the wind. And that is what he's going to be trying to do going up into the teeth of a Georgia defense that, oh, by the way, still pretty darn good, still pretty darn well coached in the middle of that Kirby outside of the politicking at the mic, still knows how to coach defensive football. Good on good coming up in Athens. Coming up next, let's get to great Carlos Boozer. Going to stop by and join the show with us here on Gold Gojo and Gold. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. All right, so Carlos Boozer, best known for his career in the NBA, obviously. I covered him out in Utah. Dude was an absolute screamer. First ballot, all scream team. But the dude is also an Olympian, a sports commentator, businessman, and now author of Every Shot Counts, a memoir of resilience. So looking back at his all-star NBA career in the book, which, by the way, released in hardcover, ebook, 
and audiobook versions on Tuesday. It includes his relationships with stars like LeBron and Kobe, and recently he chatted about it all with our very own Golic Sr. Joining us now, a longtime NBA player, Carlos Boozer, and book writer as well as his book is out. Every Shot Counts, a memoir of resilience. Carlos, appreciate the time today. I, I got to ask straight out, why why the book? Why now? And, and what, what drove you to this? Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it. You know, I, I just feel like I'm 41 and going to be 42 in November. And I lived a hell of a life. And I figured, you know, why not write it now? Hopefully get a chance to inspire some younger kids who are going through you know, like say, say, for example, you have a dream and you're trying to decide whether to keep going or to just quit and pivot and go a different direction. And I think, you know, you know this and everybody out there listening has had a dream at some point in time. Do you keep going when you hit a roadblock or do you stop and and, and, and do something different? So I wanted to write a book to hopefully inspire the next generation to keep going. You know, I think coming from Juneau, Alaska, I had a lot of roadblocks. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't an easy road to get to the NBA and beyond. And um, I mean, even, even for a quick example, like I remember, you know, in seventh grade, you go in, your teacher says, Hey, everybody write down what you want to be when you grow up. And I'm like, I want to be an NBA player. You know, I'm, you know, I love watching the NBA and my, my generation, obviously I'm watching what Michael MJ and the bulls are doing. And I'm like, I want to do that one day. And my teacher, my seventh grade teacher was like, you know, you should lower your expectations and maybe work at Costco or the local grocery market more realistic. And so think about being a 12-year-old kid, and this is your teacher at school, right, in seventh grade. So that can either deter you from keep, from continuing to go or motivate you. And for me, it was it was one of the first times in my life where I'm faced with non-belief in my dream. Because at home, I had the belief. My parents were like, yo, we'll send you to every camp. Whatever you want to do, you can achieve it. And I go to school. And so I kept going. That was just an example of resilience early on where I decided to not listen to my seventh grade teacher and keep pursuing the goal. Yeah. That's, that, that's amazing coming from a teacher. I, that, that really is somewhat shocking. And you're a guy born, born in West Germany, raised in Juneau, Alaska. And I have to imagine you're, you're highly recruited. How difficult was that recruiting process? Either to you, you end up at Duke yeah. way across you know the country of coaches coming to you or you going to them. Yeah, difficult. I mean, I think ultimately – AAU and travel basketball made recruiting so much easier for a guy like me. Like I didn't grow up in California or Illinois or New York. I grew up in Alaska. Okay. So it's a little bit of a hike to get up there. You know, you got to go through some, 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 some tundra, some, go buy some mooses, some bears and a pack of wolves to get to me. But the cool thing is in the summertime, I would link up with my, my, my travel team, EBO, that was based out of Fresno, California. And I go to all mm. the tournaments in the, we called it the lower 48. Cause you know, we're up in Alaska, Hawaii is obviously off on its own. So I would, I would go to these tournaments in the summertime and I would see coach K and Steve Ladman and Roy Williams and all these coaches over the summer. And they got a chance to recruit me and scout me and take a look at me up close and personal. And then when it got to my junior year you know, I was the number one player in, in high school, all, everybody made the hike up to Alaska to come watch me play and meet my family and see my background and, Talked to my high school coach, George Houston. So I was very fortunate and very lucky to be a part of travel basketball. So for a guy like me who had to travel so far to get seen, it paid off. Yeah, and, talk, and going to the NBA, you get there in 2002. You finish up in the NBA with the Lakers in 2015. We're getting ready to tip off another NBA season now. 
Has the game, it's not that long ago you have been out, but it does seem like it goes through changes quicker than than normal. Have you seen a big difference in the game since you left or while you were playing to now? Oh, yeah. I mean, the game has changed dramatically. You know, it was such a power game when I got the league. You know, guys like Carl Malone and Alonzo Mourning and, you know, Charles Oakley. And now you got guys like Laurie Markkinen and, you know, Joel Embiid and Joker. And it, the game has changed dramatically. And it's cool because – from a skill set standpoint, you got big guys that can do what guards can do. Literally, you know, Jokic runs the the offense runs through the Joker in Denver, right? And Bede can do everything on the perimeter that a guard can do. You know, Giannis is even though his three point shot is continually getting better, he can do everything with the basketball and dominate inside the paint as well. So, from a skill set standpoint, it's pretty impressive to see these guys and how skilled they are, no matter what size they are. Any any issues where I, I don't see how, I guess, but Damian Lillard tried to stay for so long in Portland. And finally, you know, his, his time there ended. He ends up in Milwaukee, a guy that wanted to win it so badly in Portland, in Portland in an era where players move all the time. What's your thoughts of him trying to stay there as long as he could, but now ending up in Milwaukee? I think it's honorable, man. I mean, he's such a star. You know, he's he's been a huge star in a, in a small market in Portland. Bring- they tried to partner him with a couple guys here or there, but nothing like the caliber that he really deserved to have a chance to win in Portland. And, you know, enough's enough, right? Just like Kevin Garnett in Minnesota, he tried to stay there as long as he could. And then as soon as he leaves, he won the championship in the first year. We could be looking at the, the a mirror of that with Dame going to partner up with the Greek freak in Milwaukee. I mean, honest, they're, they're, every year Milwaukee is like right there. They're like a health of a person away from being able to go back to a title and get another one. You know, last year was Chris Middleton. And this year they upgrade their entire roster by getting Dame. No offense to Drew Holiday, phenomenal point guard, championship point guard. But Dame Dollar is a whole different level position player. And they gave up a lot. Don't get me wrong. They gave up a lot to get Dame over there. But you partner up one of the best guards on the planet with one of the best players on the planet. That's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going to feel too bad for Drew. He goes to Portland and ends up in Boston. So, yeah. you know, that, that, too. Yeah. it's exactly right. Kind of that deep, uh, deep Eastern conference there. Back to your book, why Coach K writing the forward? He's one of those guys for me that's been obviously my college coach, my Olympic gold medal coach, but he's been a mentor, father figure, someone that I've always been able to tap into uh, for advice. And the great thing about Coach K, at least for me, is that he didn't just recruit me at 17 years old. He stayed in my life well beyond the basketball court when, we, when I left in 2002 to go to the NBA. You know, we talked on a regular basis, have a very close relationship, very close friendship. And for me, uh, he's known me since I'm 17. That's more than half my life. And I was like, there's no better guy to write my forward than Coach K. So you win a national championship at Duke. You 14 years in the NBA. You have an Olympic gold medal as well. You write this book, so all that you achieve, when people read this book, what what are the main one or two things you want them to get out of this? I would say the main thing is, you know, having a dream, uh, fighting for your dream, and realizing your dream. And and Mike, as you know, it, it's not a smooth road. You know, I, I, ha- I went through a lot of bumps. I went through a lot of bruises. I went through moments where I got knocked down and had to decide, am I going to get back up or not? And I tell those stories in this book, and it started off at a very early age. You know, I lost my best friend very early in life to some gang violence. And, um, you know, my parents got me out of Washington, D.C. We moved to Alaska. And, and then, 
it was weird because everything changed in Alaska. There's not, there's not a lot of crime, not definitely not gang crime, crime at the time. And more doors started to open up once we got up there. So I would just say the biggest thing is, you know, if you have a goal, go after it. You're going to, it's barely more times than not. Will it be a, a difficult road with some challenges? Take the challenges head on and go after it because life is short. You don't know how many, how many days you got on this earth, but make them worthwhile for you. Do you, uh, you ever get back to Juneau to visit? Yeah, I try to go every summer, usually July or August. When the weather's nice. I yeah. try to avoid the winter as much as possible. That's why I reside in Miami, Florida. But I try to go back every summer to enjoy some of the summers. Well, Carlos, I really appreciate the time. Uh, again, Every Shot Counts, a memoir of resilience. Look forward to reading this. It comes right out of the gate strong with you talking about your friend and uh, uh, passing away, I mean, and, and keeps going from there. So great messages in that and uh, appreciate your time. Mike, appreciate it. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Brought to you by Wrangler. Jeans, shirts, and jackets made for the ride of life. Be ready for those cooler days and longer nights in styles that keep you warm and keep you comfortable, moving, and looking great no matter where you are. You can wear Wrangler jeans literally anywhere. At work, out at night, playing a pickup game with friends, or at home, watching the game on TV. They're that comfortable and that durable. And there's a Wrangler shirt for every occasion. Casual tees, snaps and button-ups, or layer them together for a little bit of both. And don't forget the iconic Wrangler jackets. When the weather starts to chill and you need to venture out, Wrangler will keep you ready for anything. Add some Wrangler to your getup with jeans, shirts, and jackets that look great, fit great, and move great so you're always ready for whatever life throws at you. And save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order when you use promo code GOJO15. Wrangler for the ride of life. All right, so the NCAA Division I Council on Wednesday, check this out. Approving a smaller window during which football and basketball players can enter their names into the transfer portal and still be eligible to play at a new school the following season. So the, the decision shaving the time frame from 60 days to 45. Gentlemen, go Joe. Big deal, not a big deal. What say you, dude? I think it's a big deal in that 
they're going to continue to tinker with this. It's an understanding that I think they're hearing coaches who have talked about the effect that this is having on them, the difficulty of having to continue to recruit your own players and just creating a windows that are smaller and smaller where this is something that you've got to tinker with because it's new roster manipulation, dad, for all these programs. And in a day and age where we saw what Colorado and I'm sure other teams are going to try and replicate, maybe on the player side, that also makes it easier too to try and get all this done in one fell swoop. Yeah, so so from the football side of it, in FBS and FCS, the 30-day window begins the Monday after the FBS conference championship games. You have 30 days there, and then you get 15 days the last half of April to make your decision. And I think a lot of players have already kind of decided uh, if they want to go. It's a matter of what interest do they have in other places. It affects a lot of people. You're, you're, you sometimes only hear the names of the players that are doing something at the next school, but there's many more players who you're not going to hear of that made the right move or the wrong move by going into the portal. If you're in the playoffs, you get an extra five days uh, to declare as well, which is always tough for them because there's always the declaring for the draft as well. So yeah, exactly. a, lot of, a lot of decisions that, that have to be made. Yep. Uh, I think this is definitely one, though, that skews more towards the coaches. We've heard yes, a louder chorus of people talking yep. about the effect of all these different rules on college coaches. And so this one feels like a bone that's gotten thrown to them. Dad, it is also a great segue into a segment that we have said we are shamelessly going to rip yep. from the Mike and Mike days. It is hashtag grill Golix here. Any questions from you, all the fine people listening, whether it's on the podcast audience, the visual audience on YouTube, you can send those questions at Gojo and Golik or at Mike Golik Jr. on Twitter if you got them here. But Dad, we got a bunch of good ones okay. that we want to tick through from people here. And this first one comes from the YouTube comments here. This is from Sandman9701. With NIL money now prevalent in college sports, what are your thoughts on Caleb Williams saying he would play another year in college if certain teams had the number one pick? Just an editor's note there. That was Caleb Williams' father that right. was talking right. about mm -hmm. that out there and publicly dad you me and hawk had a conversation about this show in kansas city before opening night where hawk we were talking there illuminating us on some of the real dollar values getting thrown around in college sports the kind of packages that could potentially be put together that would actually make this a more realistic conversation than it's ever been. I ultimately think more so because on the NFL side, there's still a chance that the Bears or the Cardinals or any of these organizations that you view as hapless enough to not want to go and hit your wagon to could still be the teams picking at the top of the following draft here or that another bad team rises from the ranks just because of the structure of the draft. I don't think it gives you nearly as much of a play there, even if financially it's closer to being viable than it's ever been. Don't see how it would happen. If you're going to be, you can't be any higher than number one right and if you're number one you're going to a bad team so and it could be the same bad team you don't as you've mentioned that you didn't want to go to in the first place so i get it there's great nil money i understand that there's risk as well of injury going back but you do have the money there if you're going number one we talked about years ago with michael vick could Michael Avick have used another year in college football? There was no NIL then. Another year in college football to hone his craft a little better? Yes, but you're going number one. When you're going number one, you go number one. You go to a bad team and you learn and you and you grab it while you can. So I said it before, I'll say it again. If Caleb Williams is going to be the number one pick to me, there's no way on God's green earth he goes back to school.
All right, there we go. The God's Green Earth is out there in the mix. Let's go with this one from Ron in the Key on Twitter. Hashtag Grill Golix. What would be the best contest for content between the Longs and the Golix? Dad, we get this comparison a lot. Similar structure in the family, football families, although we're more like the Costco brand Longs based on career accomplishments at every level by all the kids. I would honestly say, Dad, and this is unfortunately a shot at Chris Long here, golf might be our best chance because Chris doesn't really play right kyle's really dialed in as silky a swing as you're going to see from a man of that stature ever between you being the most consistent golfer in our family and i think me being good enough to beat chris who basically doesn't play we might have a shot there and golf content's hot in the youtube streets right now we might actually need to set this up i also think another way we can go is you know with, with chris and kyle and howie uh and then me you and jake your brother Jake, pickleball. Ooh. Oh no! Here we go. Because we're Man. all de- we're all dealing with injuries. All right, all of us, all six of us, especially your brother Jake now with his back. But if he gets that on the mend, all the Longs have had injuries throughout their careers. Uh, uh, Howie and I are in the same age bracket. You guys are in the same age bracket. We kind of round robin the three of us. How you want to make your teams? play a best of five or whatever, and go pickleball. Again, just like golf, not too much more more movement than golf, but not like where, you know, you're really exerting yourself like crazy to where hopefully none of us, you know, blows out an Achilles or a knee. But pickleball might be a way to go too, I think. There we go. Green light pod. Pick your poison. Pickleball yep. or golf, and we'll set it up and get the cameras. Um, <laughs> Dad, this one I think is very interesting um, from Roy Combs on Twitter. There's a one-seater restroom at work. Men and women both use it. You walk in, and there's pee all over the seat. <laughs> Do you clean it or leave it risking the person walking in next thinking that it was you that peed all over the seat. I know my answer on this. I clean it off. Wait, like I, do you have to sit down? Like, depends on what you're going to the bathroom for. You have to clean it off if you're going to sit down and do a number well, two. Well, no. Even if you're not going to sit down, to Mike's point, and I'm the same way, I clean it because I don't want the next person coming in thinking I left the toilet seat down and peed and peed all over it. You can't so worry I'm about cleaning that. it and, and making it look like, you know, I went, I, I did my thing and I was clean about it. So I clean it. I'm the same way. Got to find a way. Got to get that done. I cannot deal with the shame on the other side of this. Um, Dad, this uh, one from Magwop, (laughs) NY Till I Die on Twitter. I've listened a while now to Golik, and I heard he will never not watch Armageddon if it's on TV. Golik Jr., do you have one of those hashtag grill Goliks? I'd say this, Dad, it's still Armageddon for me. Like I won't pass up that movie right now. Every part of that. Liv Tyler and the, you know, at the end of this, don't want to close my eyes, don't want to fall asleep. The scene with her and Ben Affleck there, Harry, I love you, him pushing him back inside of the bay yeah. while he goes out there to sacrifice himself for everyone out there. Whoa, Bruce whoa, Willis whoa, spoiler Stamper. alert here, spoiler alert. No, nah, it's too late, buddy. It's too late. That's 99. You've either so seen it or you're not going to see it. Is, isn't there more of a, a film in your different genres, Mike, that you like that I don't like that that you would? Because I do it for that. I do it for Con Air as well. Your mother just, <laughs> is absolutely disgusted with me when I stop on these. And she hears the, a song from one of the shows and she just rolls her eyes and walks out of the room. 
There's got to be a different movie for you in this. I mean, it's mostly all those movies that I grew up with yeah. you on that one. Like, Con Air I especially. My favorite part of Con Air is the fact that Nicolas Cage went down to Alabama to study the dialect and get the accent down, only to come out and produce that Horror. accent in that movie. One of, one of the worst yeah. Southern accents of all time. I'll also throw in there, rom-com style, 27 Dresses is one of those movies mm. that sneaks up the list for me. As a rom-com, Catherine Heigl, uh, I think Gerard Butler um, is uh, no Gerard Butler's not the other. I'm thinking no, of no, no. Um, I'm thinking of uh, P.S. I Love You uh, with Gerard Butler, but no, uh, Twenty Seven Dresses absolutely plays Catherine Heigl a masterclass in that one. There, last one here, yep. Dad. We got only got about a minute left here. This one here, I'll ask you from Ashfit One. What have you stolen from Junior that you do all the time now as a habit here? She asked the trait I find myself doing now that I'm older. That's like you. I get frustrated with technology when I can't find the remote. I become my father's son. My dad would be on the warpath holding the remote, blaming all of us for losing and his kids. And now I have that similar fuse that switch. Dad, what have you stolen from me at this point now in your old age? Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's a tough one because you you normally the, the kids have a lot of the traits of the parents. I, I overall, boy, this is gonna be a cheap joke. I know what I stole from you. Is your your hair. So. Oh, oh, don't do that. Thank you for everyone who sent questions yeah. in except for that last one. Coming up next. Did anyone else get the text from yesterday? The national alert for the Gojo Show next. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., and Emerson Lazia. We're going to try and land this plane with this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off into your day. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us that five-star rating, and check us out right here on DraftKingsNetwork.com, DraftKings YouTube, Samsung TV+, and more, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. And tell a friend about it. Spam it in their inbox, text message them clips from this show, do what you can and spread the word. We appreciate all of it. Dad, let's get to this. Um, thankfully, did you guys all survive the test of the national alert yesterday that went off here? Or did you get caught getting got like D'Amico Ryans yesterday in his press conference? Take a look at this. That's the answer right there. <laughs> they don't want you to get that question out, man. That's <laughs> we'll put the best five out there. <laughs> we will. 
What a great bailout for a coach yeah. at a press conference. Could have been on the receiving end of like a Pulitzer winning question. I don't know if they give out Pulitzers for questions, but it could have been the best question ever. And if coach wanted to get out of it, he got bailed out by this test of the national alert system that we all heard build for yesterday that apparently came a couple minutes early yes. for a lot of people. If they needed to deliver that message to anyone about some world ending event, guys, I barely noticed that as a blip on the radar. I was really not impressed by this test. If the nukes are hailing overhead and the end of humanity is nigh, <laughs> I might have missed it rolling over in my sleep based on that weak ass alert. Wow, you I I, I mean listen, I a, I knew it was coming and heard it. Your sister oh, she God. was expecting she was had a had a, a plan of putting the dog somewhere else so they didn't hear it. She thought it was gonna go on for like ten minutes. They're like, why would it go on for 10 minutes? I mean, it well, alerted I mean, if this you. alert comes up, we're all going to die, I'd imagine. How, like, and how long do you need to hear the alert? I heard the alert. I needed 10 seconds to hear the alert. I can look and say, the world's getting bombed. You're going to die. I'm like, okay, good. I don't need to hear that for 10 minutes to tell me the same message. Now, the big issue here is D'Amico Ryans was probably planning on wrapping up his press conference at 2.20. That alarm, as you've already mentioned, Junior arrived at 218. FEMA and our government can't even tell time correctly. <laughs> now, that's a fair point and a definite worry when it comes to this, and the reminder that they could just apparently access all our phones to do this all at once, which is also a little bit wow. terrifying. Yeah, but exactly. they enjoyed my internet search history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emerson not using the safe browsing mode here, living his truth. Amateur, in light. amateur move on my part. <laughs> All right, guys, well, let's go from amateurs to professionals, Emerson, and get to that. We're about to get real hungry up here as we have got robot burritos and yeah. one of the best chicken sandwiches I've ever seen. Are we talking about professional robots now making our burritos at Chipotle? What the hell's going on here? And then you have the Braves also, because we got a two for, two for one for you. The Braves introducing the chicken ain't nothing but a bird blue sandwich. I saw this pop up on, on my timeline yesterday, Golik, because you're the one who like retweeted it. The sandwich looks unbelievable, but in terms of Chipotle here, I'm out on this, dude, because one of the oh, best wow. parts of going to Chipotle is, you know, you maybe form a relationship with someone who's always there when you go at lunch, maybe sweet talk them a little bit. I don't know, throw them an extra buck or two in the tip jar, and you don't have to pay the extra $4 for double the meat because your boy back there is building that freaking burrito. That's Emerson 100%. You took the words right out of my mouth here. This is just a way for them to skimp on even yeah, more yep, of the product terrible. inside these bowls. I don't trust what's going on in there because you're right. You go there long enough and you put the time in. Yep. It's a relationship business between Bingo. you and the people serving and making your food. I got a ton of respect for people on that line of work here who are making sure all of us don't go hungry. And when I get up there, I want someone to know and be able to assess. The robot eye is not going to be able to see, oh, man, this is a big old boy right here. He's covered in sweat right now. He looks like he was just putting it working in the gym right now, <laughs> trying to get those ass gains for the summer, trying to be caked up in the jorts. We got to make sure that he's well fed and maybe go a little bit of an extra heaping. It's that little love of a handful, especially on the uh. rice, maybe on the beans mixed in there as well. God forbid the protein, too. Dad, that these robot overlord maniacs just aren't going to be able to properly satisfy. 
satisfy. Couldn't agree more. I mean, sometimes I may want a little more of the, you know, fajita veggies, a little less of the salad on top. And you can you can relay that to the person making your bowl for you. And they're most 99 times out of 100. They're going to they're going to do what you would like to do where the robot is just doing what it wants to do. It's just it's just anytime I hear robots starting to control things, I'm out. I'm just out. Because at some point, a robot with a brain is going to want to get rid of part of the population and mix a little something in that food that shouldn't be in there that's going to hurt the person, and they're going to get a mind of their own, and then next thing you know, it's Thanos, and half the world is wiped out. Let's move on then to a better (laughs) story in this chicken sandwich. Yeah, Yeah. oh my God. The chicken ain't nothing but a bird blue Atlanta Braves sandwich. It's a double stacked fried wet lemon pepper free range chicken oh. breast sandwich between not one, not two, but three glazed donuts and southern angry pickled green tomatoes finished with a peach bourbon. Uh, I don't even know what that word is. Cool. Powdered sugar. Cooley. Yeah, there we go. God, I am white and No, no, I just Googled it. I just Googled it two minutes ago how to pronounce it because I wasn't sure if I was going to have to read it or not, but I'm glad you did. I do love donut sandwiches. They all, I always pay for it on the back end. Like I've had donut burgers, I've had all that stuff. It's the perfect mix of sweet and savory, but dad, it almost always wrecks shop on my stomach. That being said, I'm having a hard time talking because of all the water <laughs> in my mouth right now. Lemon pepper does something to me physically. I bought lemon pepper seasoning a while back. I was putting it on everything. Eggs, you name it. Yeah. It was going in there. It's a net positive. It's the universal solvent. It's one of my favorite things that you can do, especially to chicken. So this sandwich sounds like an absolute godsend. I'm not usually a fan of mixing my sweet and my savory like this, but I do like chicken and waffles. So why wouldn't I like something like this? I can't fathom what this would do to my stomach, Yeah, but I wouldn't care at the moment because I would be destroying this thing. It looks so damn good. I could not wait to get my, I I try and eat it with my hands. Could you imagine eating that in your seat at the ballpark and what a mess that's going to make? Mm. But man, that's a mess I'm uh, willing to live with because it looks awesome. Eating this on a crispy fall day yeah, in North yeah. Georgia? Are you kidding me? Oh, so good. I mean, you're watching the best team in baseball yep. try and go and steamroll their way through yep. wire to wire number one in this postseason, <clears throat> and you get to do it with that. Like Atlanta yep. is ensuring that from start to finish, even for an Atlanta sports fan who is the most one of the <clears throat> most beaten down, battered groups of human beings on earth for people that live around and love Atlanta sports. I'm glad that they're getting these nice things happening to them, at least in this realm here, because it seems like the Falcons might disappoint this fall. Beautiful thing. It's beautiful thing. God bless that. God bless uh, the third guy that we get here. We talked about the NCAA changing rules around the transfer portal windows. One of the other things that they have also put up here as a proposal is Uh, ending the photo shoots. The FBS oversight committee has introduced legislation to prohibit during a prospective student athlete's unofficial visit the institution arranging for photographs involving the student athlete and those accompanying the student athlete, which, Dad, is something I think coaches have hated for a while. It's an expense that was done because everyone felt like they had to, keeping up with the Joneses, all these kids in full uniforms, taking pictures next to expensive cars, Lane Kiffin out here balling, come to the sip. But, Dad, this is the end of an era 
of we've seen even parents jumping in on this. I remember so vividly a Florida recruits dad, big old hoss mm-hmm. that he was in the full skin tight Florida <laughs> Gators Jumpman <laughs> orange uniform there that I will dearly miss if this does in fact get passed and go through. I I this blows my mind. Am I a big fan of this? No. Oh. Do I care? Yeah. No. Does this affect anything? Yes. No. The NCAA is going to waste their time for five seconds. You wasted even five seconds of time on saying we're going to outlaw this is 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 a pure crystal clear vision of how the NCAA is so messed up that they give a damn about this, which doesn't mean a damn Wait, thing. So does this mean no more don't. Brian Kelly dancing with recruits no. too? On official visits, on official visits, okay. you can still okay. get that. So oh, great. that part is at least saved. Coaches can enjoy <laughs> that. We enjoyed you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.